We are live. Welcome to another episode of the Tooele Happy Hour, starring Jared Anderson and David Weiss. If Head Trauma had a podcast, it might sound something like this, humana, humana, humana. <laughs> okay, so today's guest, we've got, um, we're going to keep your image anonymous. We're going to call him Travis, just for, you know, keepsakes. And let, let's say, let's say there was a way to heat your home for a possible profit, not, not just break even, but actual, actually make money heating your home. Cause the home heating bills this year are, are a little bit high, yeah. definitely on the high side, especially over there in maybe like Germany and, and other European countries that are suffering through, um, some, yeah. some tight, tight grip, uh, tyranny of the, uh, the liquid black gold. So, Tonight's guest, we're, we're talking about Bitcoin. Now, we always frequently visit the Bitcoin topic, but it's not just Bitcoin tonight. So tonight, using the mining process, our guest is going to tell us about how he heats his home and uh, how he does it so efficiently. Travis, can you introduce yourself to the degree that you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. And um, it's been a lot of fun. I've got a lot of attention from... I, this picture that I shared on Twitter of my home heating setup um, and guys like yourself has re have reached out to ask me more about it. And um, it's kind of a homebrew hobbyist uh, home engineered setup. And I don't know if you've shared the picture with your, your listeners or not, but um, yeah. So um, you can, mine bitcoin and you can recover the the heat that the these machines discharge and i kind of like to think about it like maybe double spending the uh, money you have for your electric bill right um there's a lot of factors that go into this um you need to think about what your electric rate is um you know this might be worthwhile to do even if you didn't uh, make money or you weren't profitable mining Bitcoin, but um, you get to heat your house, right? So that's worth something. Um, you know, my where I live, I probably spend, I don't know, let's say over the course of the winter, 150 to $200 a month to heat my house. So I kind of think about it like that. And I stack that, that not spent gas bill on top of my profits for uh, running these machines. All right. So a uh, couple questions um, for information's sake. What uh, what kind of miners did you get? Where did you get them? Like if people are interested in picking sure. up some miners. Um, so I started home mining uh, in 2020 with uh, an Antminer S9 machine. That's a, a few generations older, an older generation miner, less efficient. Um, I sent you that picture of my little retrofitted oil burner. I put that S9 inside of there and now it's like a space heater. You know, I've got it turned down. Um, the machines that are in the picture in my basement that are tied into my ductwork are S19J Pro ant miners. So they're an, a newer generation, but now they're they're almost not the newest generation anymore. There's some, there actually are some newer generation machines that are out right now, but um, the, the price of these things has, varied wild, wildly over the last few years with the, the price in Bitcoin. The first machine that I bought, I want to say was like around eight grand, something like that. And now that same machine can, can be had for about $1,600. So okay. uh, a big swing there. But these are Antminer um, S19J Pros, and they have an efficiency, a stock efficiency of 29 and a half watts per terahash. Um, each one of these machines uh, generates about 10,000 BTUs. And I might have that math off a little bit, but um, about 3,000 watts per machine. And I, I forget what it is, the conversion there, but about 3,000 watts of electricity per machine. So when they're running, it's uh, about 10,000 watts per machine of consistent heat that's coming out of them. Mm. Uh, how many, uh, how much Bitcoin are you? harvesting off of them that depends on the difficulty 
and it's kind of gone up and down. There, there's been a lot of volatility with that too. So um, right now I currently have five machines and let's see here. If I leave, there's a, there's a lot of nuance to this because I'm turning them off and on uh, between off-peak and on-peak. Now I'm trying a new strategy here. But if they run around the clock, the five machines that I have have been generating about 180,000 Satoshis per day. So that's 0.0018 Bitcoin per day. And per month, uh, when they're all going, I want to say it's like 0 0.05, 0 0.06, somewhere in there, if they're running around the clock. But like I said, I've, I'm trying this new strategy, uh, and there's a lot of nuance to getting this just right to maximize the profits because you might have a big swing in your electric rates. Uh, my my off-peak rate is five, uh, about five and a half cents a kilowatt hour, and my on-peak rate is 19 cents a kilowatt hour. Big so, difference. you know, I, I'm still very slightly profitable if I just run them straight through the week and just let them go. But I'm more profitable if I turn off during peak hours, if that makes sense. Right, right. And, and, do you find that it only takes about three of those machines to heat your entire house? I think that you can do it with less, honestly, because, uh, you know, we had that, that cold blast that came through right around Christmas, right before Christmas. Right. And you guys probably felt it there too. Mm -hmm. And it was with the wind chill it was 20 below here. And those three machines running at normal power, um, we're able to maintain 71 degrees in the house. I wish I would have taken some videos and some pic more pictures there, but when that happened, but, and that was fine. It seemed like the house was balanced pretty good, but then after it warmed up and it's been pretty mild since then, um, it's been almost too warm in the house. And so we've been cracking windows <laughs> to moderate this, you know, and mm. I'm still working on the controls. There's, there's a lot of work to be done. This is not a polished, perfect system just yet, but, um, I've got to start to the controls to, to monitor things. But just to give you an example, I, we woke up one day and had uh, 88 degrees in the house and it was uh, quite toasty. Mm. <laughs> so so those might... three machines are able to keep it plenty warm in here. Um, you know, I would say you could do it with less, honestly, but. Um, you might need the, to set up some uh, exhaust and, and baffles, maybe just time to. Uh temperature regulator system like you'd buy for a kegerator and just have it so when the power comes on it uh you could you know buy three of them they're about I don't know, 25 bucks a pop so when the power comes on it kicks a gate and exhausts to the outside and might be able to regulate it uh you know electrically like that yep 100 percent. so I've been working on controls and I think I've got a solution for that. The room that has those machines was uh, like a little utility room right in the basement where the furnace is. Mm -hmm. And there's a washer and dryer hookup and there's a four inch vent to the outside. So I put a fan on that vent to blow cold air into the house. And mm -hmm. I've been running that and that's helped a little bit when it's warmer. And there's a couple benefits to doing that, bringing outside air in. Um, in, indoor air quality is a thing, you know, especially in winter, if you got a tight house. So bringing in fresh air is a good thing. And then the other thing is that these machines are very sensitive to, uh, air temperature and they run more efficiently, the colder the air that they are, are fed. Right. Mm -hmm. So Just like that actually they use less electricity then. So fresh air into the house, they run more efficiently. And then the delta across the temperature in and temperature out is about the same. So um, it actually lowers the temperature in the house a little bit. Now that that vent isn't quite enough to cool it as much as I want as it's been, you know, we've had some 40 degree days here. Um, but the other thing, and I've, I've got some help. There's some telegram groups and that there's a home mining wizards telegram group. That's great. If you're on telegram, that's a, a, a great resource. There's a lot of, homebrew miners out there that are doing all kinds of fun and crazy stuff and um, love to trade ideas and, and things like that. And some of those guys have helped me to uh, write a script and do some programming. And like we were talking before this show started, I'm, you know, I'm a 
I'm a construction worker. I'm not a programmer. And mm -hmm. they were able to help me uh, write a, a Linux script to control the miners so that they turn off and on uh, per a schedule, um, you know, off peak, on peak. And what I can get is a little relay to run the fans mm -hmm. uh, right off of that same script and that same schedule. So, so they're, they're turning off and on as I wish. And then the next thing on top of that, um, what I was going to do is put a, um, a thermostat, uh, a thermostat relay on that outside cold air intake. So say, for example, the temperature in the house gets up to 75 degrees. It just turns on and starts blowing cold air into that room, which will lower the, the temperature of the house. So I got some ideas brewing, you know, it's not quite there yet. Um, but uh, the some of the things to think about just for some of those folks out there that these machines come and the stock fans on them are extremely loud, like not wife approved at all. Like if you think you can, you know, I just want to warn the folks out there that, you know, if you think you can just bring one home and plug it in, um, the things you need to be careful about is that, you know, they're very loud and the missus won't be happy. I can promise you that. So the solution for that is to change the fans. And on that picture, you can see um, I've got a, a single inline fan um, off of each one of those machines and I remove the stock fans. And the stock fans are little square 120 millimeter fans and they're, they're very loud. Um, mm -hmm. you, you wouldn't wanna, you wouldn't wanna have them run in your house or, I mean, maybe you could tolerate it, but it just wouldn't be as pleasant. But these inline eight inch fans are are very quiet and when all three of those machines are running it's actually quieter than my furnace fan mm. so it, you know that's wife approved that's 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 an important thing yeah oh, very much so now he's been supportive is there a fire hazard at the source of those connections uh that's a great question and you know just to warn all the the folks out there thinking about doing this there's a lot of electricity involved these things are industrial computer servers and they take a lot of electricity so you need to make sure that all your electrical components are sized correctly if you're not comfortable messing around with the electrical in your house then you need to get the help of an electrician to make sure all this stuff is sized right um, i'm fortunate to have a 200 amp panel in my house and extra capacity that i'm not using and this is where the home miner might have a little bit of an advantage because for infrastructure upgrades um, you know, maybe you just need to snap in a breaker, run a wire and install an outlet and that's it. Um, what I did in this case is, um, I ran, uh, I put in a 50 amp breaker, ran a number six gauge wire mm. to a sub panel. And then in that sub panel that you see in that picture, I have a breaker, an individual breaker for each one of those machines. And they each require a 20 amp breaker. Really? So when they're running full power, they're probably using 12, 13 amps, something like that. And it's going to depend on the machine. Some of these S19s, you know, maybe they'll, if they're a lower hash, uh, hash rate model, they might use 92, um, excuse me, their 92 terahash model might, might only be 2,700 watts. The, the higher 110 terahash model might be 3,300 watts, right? So sizing all the wires correctly is very important. Um, if you uh, overload a wire, you can melt the insulation off and you could start a fire. Mm -hmm. um, all the components need to be rated for, um, for the, the amperage and voltage that you're going to be drawing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hobbyist electrician. I'll call myself an armchair electrician. I, I did all this wiring myself, but I was fortunate to have um, – the electricians I work with coach me on all this stuff and tell me what I needed to make sure, you know, and I bounced all this stuff off of them. So, uh, one second here, six Pardon gauge, me. six gauge wires. No joke. How far did you have to run it? Uh, that's not that far. So that, uh, goes back to, let's see here. I'd say that that run is about ooh, 30 feet, 20 feet, something like that. It's kind of, the, the main panel is about a room room and a half over. We'll how say much, it that way. How much was 30 feet of uh, six-gauge wire? Well, because the the industry that I'm in and the electricians that I uh, work with, I was mind. able to source. You found it. <laughs> I was you able to source some uh, leftovers. 
<laughs> yeah, right. So I was it and um, you know, so that yeah, wire is not cheap, that is for sure. Yeah, um, I play with twelve and fourteen all the time, but six gauge the yeah. six gauge one is a beast. How thick is six gauge? Oh, twice a twelve. <laughs> like yeah, I, I don't your, know. No, nah, it's yet. not as thick as your pinky. Uh I would say six gauge wire is probably um well that means a quarter inch you know something like that Yeah, just a just a little under a quarter probably yeah um but yeah that's still and man did you get braided or solid that's braided and let me one other caveat i just saw that's aluminum six gauge and just for everybody else out there aluminum and copper does not have the same properties so far as their capacities Mm -mm. go so um that six gauge aluminum, my understanding of what uh, the capacity is on that wire is 50 amps at a certain temperature. I want to say 75 degrees Celsius, something like that. And I'm not an electrician, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, so I might have something wrong here. And again, I just ask everybody to, you know, get some professional help to, to do any of this sizing and whatnot. But yeah. um, buy a 12 and there's, and bring a buddy over. Yeah, yeah right on. And um there's another thing too that I picked up from all this. There's an 80% rule with electricity, right? You don't want to have any circuit um, run higher than 80% of the capacity of any components within that circuit, right? So if that wire is rated for 50 amps, I don't want to run it more than 40 mm-hmm. consistently. And these machines, it's a constant load. It's not like your air conditioner uh, in the summertime when that kicks on, the compressor kicks on, it's one big spike, but it's only for a second or two and then it's then it's there you know it drops way off right these machines take a steady load and the other thing that i you know was monitoring carefully is i you know i got a clamp meter and actually you know check what the draw was uh when all the machines were running and and the other thing that i noticed that was quite interesting is that the intake air temperature if that swings that power draw does change quite significantly so for example if you had one of these things in your garage in the summertime or let's say it's out you put it out there in the winter and then you get to summertime um it might draw 30 percent more electricity if it's pulling hot air Mm. and so if you're right at the edge um you you might be over when the temperature goes up so it's just another thing to be careful about speaking of summertime what's your plan in the summer to mitigate the heat That's that's a that's a good question so my plan in the summer is to relocate those to the garage and I've got one machine out there right now in kind of a similar configuration mounted to the wall and with a with one of those eight inch fans there and I'm going to have that ducted right up to the garage attic I have an attached garage and it's mm-hmm. just going to dump that heat into the garage attic would this work in some place like Florida where the humidity is high you know, one of the guys from the home mining wizards uh, group that I hang out in um, is a pretty serious miner down there. And actually, he's got a new transformer coming in and he's got a way bigger operation than I do. And the humidity can be a problem. Um, he's able to run. It's OK, but um, it seems like he has more equipment failures and like corrosion and stuff. Um, and the latest thing that he's tried is to um, recycle He's got a problem with that humidity. I think in the morning it's like real dewy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what he he's trying, the latest I saw is he's trying to duck that exhaust air, some of that exhaust air back and feed it back into the intake to try to cut some of that humidity with some of that warm air. Um, so it can be done, sure. Um, but the, the temperature is an issue. You know, a lot of these um, big industrial miners are in Texas and they have problems when it gets extremely hot so if it's 110 out or 104 out um you know they'll start to lose efficiency and they just they just don't like to run hot you know it's it's a computer right Mm -hmm. Mm. so so currently what's the price of one of those three uh bohemoths there what what's the average going rate and and so will they even deliver them to you on time with the way the the supply is (laughs) Um, so I've been very fortunate to get hooked up with uh, a good distributor of these machines, and I can't speak uh, highly enough of them. They're, they're doing great. Um, 
there's a company called Kaboom Racks, and they have been 100% on their shipping, tracking, everything. And right now, one of these same machines, um, they're going for about sixteen or seventeen hundred dollars, something something like that. And they're kind of always fluctuating a little bit. You might run across used ones, but um, I'm happy to give a shout out to those guys because they've treated me well. Um, so good turnaround, a few days. They've got machines in stock right now because you know we're kind of in a lull right now with the Bitcoin price. So every you know I'm very tempted to buy another one to average my cost of these things down because, like I said, the the first one that I got, one of these machines, uh, the first one was uh, like, I, what did I say? Uh, it was like seven, eight thousand bucks for the first one, mm. and now they're you know seven. Were you married bucks, at the right? time? I, I was, I was, yeah. How'd that go? I was. <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll. She found out on a trip. We went to El Salvador. Actually, um, mm. we went down to El Salvador in November of twenty-one, and this was kind of when they were big in the news because it had just become uh, announced that they were going to, well, it was a few months earlier, they had announced that they were going to make Bitcoin legal tender. And um, so we went down to Bitcoin beach, actually, we went down to El Zante and had a little trip down there and there was uh, a party and a meetup with some, some Bitcoiners down there. And the discussions were happening down there. And uh, you know, that's where, that's where she got the news on that one. But uh, <laughs> so she's come around. Um, she's come around on it and she's been helping. She works from home. And um, while I'm trying to work out these controls things and uh, and powering down and powering up um, between peak and off peak, um, she's even, you know, firing them up and turning them off for me and, and whatnot. So, good. you know, so far, so good. Good. Yeah. I do know that sometimes, uh, a gentleman's hobby can cause distress with the wife. Well, well $1,600 for a minor is not a bad price, though. Is, is that yeah, what I'm you said? Yeah, I'm trying right? to think if you took what the uh, what just one machine will produce um, in a day for Bitcoin. So, like, I got five is making 180,000 sats. So, uh, like, you know, maybe 35,000 sats a day, something like that. So, you need to do the math to figure out you know, what the return on investment is since I changed my strategy and powered and now I'm powering down on, um, off peak. I just did some math today and it's like my return on investment now is like down to like 3.6 years or something like that, which when you think about it, that's, it's better than solar. It's not so bad. Yeah. Better than solar. Right. Cause what are they, you know, maybe seven years or eight years for 20. solar. Right. It's like 20 years, isn't it? I, well, probably as soon as they're paid for, they'll be junk or hit with hailstones or something, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, these are, I mean, you're not just using them to heat your house. What you're doing is you're mining, but the story mm -hmm. is how you're recycling some of that heat during the winter to mitigate some of the, uh, some of the expense. Yeah, that's right. And I guess I didn't think about the the savings in my uh, my natural gas bill either on that. So that would that would probably lop off some time on that ROI as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, a wise man would drag his wife up to Alaska or maybe some part of Canada and kick up the same operation and you know year round it. But uh, I don't know if I don't know how your wife would feel about that. Yeah. Um, the whole thing with this is you have to look at your electric cost. Mm -hmm. And I was able to negotiate a, a lower rate with my utility. The utilities want to sell electricity off peak. They don't want to have users on peak. Mm -hmm. And my local utility has a, it's called a business demand response program. And I think the only reason they talked to me is because I was already running for a while with a machine or two and actually had a pretty a pretty meaty bill already in usage. And so what happens is uh, 50 hours a year, I'll get a call and a text and an email saying, hey, uh, between five and 8 p.m. today, um, it's critical peak and I have a one hour notice. And then for those 50 hours of critical peak time, it's 99 cents a kilowatt hour. So I can stay running if I want, but it's very expensive. 
Mm. Um, so, uh, but now, uh, and that critical peak time is almost always going to fall on top of when normal peak time would be anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but now with, with shutting off during peak and just running off peak, it seems like the way to go for me. Um, I have, I'm not mining as much Bitcoin, but my electric bill is significantly lower. Um, and I can take that leftover, um, saved money from my electric bill. If I wanted to buy Bitcoin, I could do that. But, you know, one of the things that people don't realize too, is that when you mine Bitcoin, it's KYC free Bitcoin. And what that means is, um, when you buy Bitcoin off of, a, an exchange, you know, you have to send a selfie, you have to, you know, um, give them all your information they want, all, you know, for the government, all that. And so one of the interesting things about mining is that um, you just have an email address attached nice. to that account and your machine send that hash into the pool. The pool is uh, an organization that aggregates all the hash from many miners from all over the place. And they find blocks, Bitcoin blocks, and they split the reward based on the amount of hash that you contribute to that pool. And that's it's just via an email address. So, you know, some folks um, might find that a value um, to have anonymous Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Do you have to just mine Bitcoin with those or can they go into Litecoin and Dogecoin and all those other ones? You know, I'm kind of a Bitcoin only guy. Um I, I kind of believe that uh, most of these other ones are, they're just some kind of software. They're centralized. They have people that can control them and change the codes on them. And they're just not trustworthy. So like, I really haven't looked into that too much. Um, these miners are built for the SHA-256 algorithm. And I believe that some of the other altcoins um, use that same algorithm. And maybe they can be repurposed for that. I think like Bitcoin Cash or... Bitcoin SV or something like that. Um, but uh, I wouldn't recommend doing that. Right. Mm. I don't know. I like what you got going on there. There's multiple, especially with three of them, there's multiple avenues you could go through to regulate how much heat is circulated through your house. And maybe, I don't know. Um, maybe you can figure out how to, uh, how to set them up and make it so that during the summer uh, they can run with cooler efficiency in the house, but you can draw their exhaust outside and still make them perform better. Yeah, I think so. Um, The only thing that I I worry about with that is if you have, if you're really pulling inside air and your cool AC air and you're just sucking and blowing it out of the house, you're probably going to make the air conditioner work harder. And I don't know about like, I'm not an HVAC specialist and condensation and things like that. In the winter, I think the condensation problem isn't a problem if you're blowing in outside air um, because it's usually so dry in the winter. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, in the summertime, you know, I I just don't know enough about that. But I'm working on the controls. What I'd like to do, and if I can get um, my my uh, script working properly to time the machines off and on on a schedule to match peak off peak to turn the fans off and on to turn the outside air intake fan off and on as needed Um, a little simple control box and you could run the script and uh, all of this from a little raspberry pi computer it's like a little 150 Mm dollar single board computer and some of these guys that helped me with the script, they directed me to a little board that plugs into that. And that's a relay board. And you can control all of this really basically from a desktop computer or, or what have you. Right. Um, so if you could have a little, the way that I guess you scale this is um, if there was a standalone control box that had, you know, you plug in the miners here, you plug in your network cable, you plug in your fans, you run your thermostat or your, um, Maybe you can even tie it into your thermostat or whatnot and have it all like a standalone one-stop box to control it all. Um, I think if, I think that kind of stuff is going to come. I think there's going to be like um, Bitcoin mining boilers that make hot water. There are some of these newer machines are hydro units and they're liquid cooled. 
And some of these, some of the miners are doing immersion where they submerse the complete machine in mineral oil. It's a dielectric fluid, so they can run submerged in this oil. And then they run that hot oil through a heat exchanger. And then you can pipe that hot water, you know, wherever you want or use it however you need. And, you know, if, if these machines can break even for their electricity, but then you can monetize or somehow use that heat and, you know, it's, cold in the winter where you guys are it's cold in the winter where i am you know i just can't imagine a future if this continues to be a thing if bitcoin continues to be a thing and i think it will that everywhere that you need heat for anything it's going to be one of these asics and you know i mean i'm waiting for the i'm waiting for the uh, gas station hot dog roller asic <laughs> that's what i want to see <laughs> what about what about quick power offs i mean like what if the power goes out and you don't get to power down these machines what kind of damage does that do um it doesn't do any damage i think that um you don't want to cycle the power off and on too much because um the heat sinks are like soldered on or i don't know how they're exactly put on but um heat cycles you know it's an expansion and contraction expansion contraction will eventually you know cause something to break or a connection to break something like that um so preferably it's better just to let them run um from what i've heard and read and and whatnot um now i'm not doing that i'm turning them off you know twice a day during peak hours right now on the weekdays and i let them run straight through the weekend um but um you can just flip a breaker and turn them off um i prefer to go to the web interface because it's like a computer server so you log in from somewhere on your network um, to that IP address of that machine. And then you can click it to sleep mode or low power mode or whatnot. And I prefer to do that because I feel like it does some kind of shutdown or procedure or whatnot. But mm. before I um, before I had the wife trained on sitting down at my desktop, logging in and you know switching those settings, um, she was actually, just because it was easier instructions for her, if I needed her to shut down for critical peak or something like that, I just gave her a call and then she'd just go down in the basement and flip the breakers and just turn them off. Mm. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, you know, it's not going to break them. It shouldn't. Um, but you know, a lot of heat cycles off and on, I think eventually over time is, you know, it's just, you know, hot and cold, hot and cold. will will just stress everything, you know? Right. Understood. So is there anything we're not asking him that we should be? I'm, I'm trying to think of all the angles that, that this thing could go bad with. Um, he's right in the fact that if this is only a four-year to recoup your, your loss, it's, it's a good investment. It takes, you know, uh, many investments go a lot longer than four years to recoup. And if it's a way to heat your house in, in addition to mining Bitcoin, I, I think it might help get more tradesmen, more tradesmen type individuals into the uh, the crypto universe so that, you know, we, we can get more experience with uh, non-Federal Reserve fiat type currencies. Um, because some people, they, they just look at Bitcoin and they say, oh, this is useless. This is this is not backed by anything. And, and those people, they're hard to reach. But when you tell them, Hey, look, how about heating your home for free? You can only do it with Bitcoin. It's better than solar. I, I think you have a way to catch the ear of, of those people that just, they're not really into fighting the Federal Reserve or, or inflation. They're more interested in just saving a dollar. And it, it, it's, it's very similar to the fight where in the old days you had the Quakers who were highly against slavery and then those people who just didn't care. You know, it's, it's, it's very similar. How did you reach the people that didn't care about slavery and, and convince them that it's a, it's something that we need to abolish. And you dressed half the nation in blue and sent them to their yard. That's how you reached them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I got a well, question. Uh, yeah. How is your house heated when you're not using these? Do you have a uh, electrical gas? How do you heat your house without the, 
Yeah, it's a good question because I was the one one other thing I wanted to mention is like how they work together, right? Uh-huh. So I just have a forced air natural gas gas furnace. Okay, so you it, have the, um, the stock furnace that most houses come with. Yeah, and what I wanted to do with this is is make sure that that could still operate independently, right? So mm-hmm. if my if my contraption here failed for some reason and we were out of the house, that the house wouldn't freeze up. You know, if we we're gone for the weekend oh, or yeah. something like that that I wanted that. So right now the the stock home furnace is set up in the thermostat and everything just as it as it would be um standalone and when I first put the the when I put the first machine in I turned on the miner and then I turned on the furnace uh to see if the furnace fan would overcome the miner fan and make the miner overheat. Oh, push the hot air cause- back in. Yeah. Yeah, right. Or see see what would happen. And so so I ran that experiment and what I found was that the minor chip temps went up slightly. And I just imagined that was just a little more resistance just to push into that duct, right? Yeah. Um, so those miners are set up right next to the the forced air furnace and they're blowing into the hot side of, of the furnace, you know, the discharge side of that mm-hmm. furnace. And I've seen other configurations. I've seen people put them into the return side of the furnace, right? The intake of the furnace. Mm-hmm. And that can work too. You know, some, some furnaces have a vent right on the intake. And I, uh, I've heard of one guy that just, he just set the machine right in front of that intake vent on the return side and just let it blow in there. And then the heat would rise and it might come out the return ducts in the house. But then it, when the furnace would kick on, it just suck that heat right with it. It would probably even help cooling the units down because it would be aiding that eight inch fan. Yeah. yeah. It'd yeah, be exactly. helping that. And you know, and the intake is a long drawn out space where you could put it anywhere in there. It gives you a, a lot of space to work with. If but then you would have to have the furnace fan on all the time. I don't think so. I think no, it would work. You think it'd it'd be it'd okay. just, Ambient yeah, through I, think fine. Just, I think you could just blow into that duct and it'll probably be okay. But you have to pay attention to the fans and, and whatnot. You know, you could use the stock minor fans, but they're quite loud. Um, you could change for one of these. And one other thing that I didn't mention is that if you look at that picture, there's a 3D printed plastic duct on the top of each one of those. Mm-hmm. And that was a custom design um, by a guy named John Fruits. I think he's in Georgia. Um, but he had a different design that just replaced the two stock fans. And I, I wanted to have that duct also pull air through the, the power supply unit, which is kind of on the side of the, the miner there. And it, it, um, and there are three fans on that, on each of those power supply units. And those make a little bit of noise too. So I was able to delete the power supply unit fans and then those uh, eight inch AC infinity fans actually pull air through the PSU and through the, the miner itself. Um, mm. But there's a lot of different configurations. And, and David, like you said, is this is pure pragmatism. You know, you don't have to be a, a Bitcoin nut to see that, like, hey, I can get free heat here, maybe plus some, even if you took the Bitcoin and just sold it, market sold it um, every month. It, it's just it just works, right? Well, it's I'll great. put you told me I kind of did a little math math on my phone and I'm probably wrong but it looked like you were saying whatever you made you made about uh a little over 1200 a month in, in uh in the satoshi right? or $1200 a month right that's kind um, of I th- I want to say so let's say let's say it's uh like 5 million satoshis so 0.05 Bitcoin, whatever that comes out to. Ideally, so, let's let's give the number out in a dollar form. That's how you're sure. going to get people who aren't familiar with it to buy in. And I think when I did the math, it was a little over 1200 If the unit costs you $1,900, uh, you pay for the unit in the first two months, including the the if you add in the savings on gas and everything. Um, and then you've got the unit paid off. Now you do have to pay on the other side in the summer. Um, then you're just paying for the unit to run electricity. So, well, I, I think there's a little, I, I want to just 
I have, I'm running currently, I'm running five machines in my house, right? Mm-hmm. So I think you got to divide that by five. Okay, so it's not quite as quite as rosy so as that. But if uh, you're making two hundred a month, okay, let's just say yeah. one machine. You're making two hundred a yep. month, so you're breaking even on a gas bill. So yeah, uh, that's a tough one. I, I what you're doing by yes. adding it to the to heating your house is you're making it so that so that there's a little more net profit. Yeah, and there's a lot of ways, different ways to do this math, but, um, and there's things that, actually one of these guys that helped me with this miner script helped me do some math and he's a, a bigger, a bigger, more industrial miner and there's something called hash price. And I believe hash price is the um, amount of uh, Bitcoin or the, the, the price uh, in dollars that one tera hash will produce in a day. And I think it's like six cents right now. So if you have a hundred tera hash machine, which is about what these machines are, they'll produce about $6 a day in Bitcoin. Okay. So if that makes it a little easier. All right. right? So six bucks a day. And, um, and then you'd have to do the math on how much electricity they consume. So if, if it's a 3000 watt machine, you need to multiply that times the, rate of uh, the kilowatt hours uh rate per kilowatt hour so you know if i'm at five and a half cents that's three three kilowatts times five and a half cents times the number of hours in a day that you're running it so then you mm-hmm. can figure out per machine what the cost is to run it and then if you're turning off during peak and you only have some hours or you're running some low power mode which is more efficient then you need to you know that kind of changes some things around right mm. so there's a lot of math involved with it and i just caution anybody before you you know it's it sounds fun and it's exciting and all that but um there's a lot to it and um you need to really do your homework first before you kind of ape into this i would just suggest that that you're you're really doing the math on what it costs to run these things and what they're producing the other wrench that could get thrown in to this whole mix is the difficulty adjustment and what that is, um, is the more hash rate um, that comes online, the faster the blocks will be found. And the, the protocol, the Bitcoin protocol or the algorithm or uh, whatever you want to call it, is designed to get the blocks to come out at an average of 10 minutes per block. And if they start coming faster over a two-week period, I think it's like 2,016 blocks, it's roughly two weeks, if the average block time is less than 10 minutes, the difficulty adjustment happens automatically Mm. and it makes it harder to find the next block. It slows them down a little bit. So that slows down the rewards a little bit. So So the the more hash rate that comes online, you know, um, could like, if there's a big industrial miner and they, they, um, um, they, they put on, you know, 80,000 machines or something like that. Um, you know, we just saw a 10%, um, difficulty adjustment. Um, just I think yesterday or the day before. Um, so that means you're going to earn 10% less Bitcoin. Mm, what do you think caused that difficulty adjustment? Price so, rise. Someone well, in the world jumped yeah, on, I th- started I up think, a farm? Yeah, no, I think there was something that caused it. It was the um, that big cold streak that came in. Uh-huh. Um, the Texas miners, all the industrial miners, they shut down for demand response, right? So mm. they've got... You know, this is there's so many interesting fa- uh, caveats to all this because more Bitcoin mining strengthens the grid. You know, mm-hmm. more Bitcoin mining is going to bring in more renewable energy because there's a buyer for that energy right off the bat. But anyways, I, I'm, I'm getting sidetracked here. But there was this big cold streak that came down. All the Texas miners shut off and there was a difficulty adjustment um, down because a lot of hash rate turned off for a while. And then that had all those machines turned back on. Well, the, the difficulty went back up, right? Um, and I don't know what percentage of all the mining is uh, in Texas, but it's a, it's a pretty good portion. So um, there's, all I'm saying is it's kind of risky. And I don't know if any of the, the listeners are Bitcoiners or they know of, uh, Saifedean Amus, who wrote the Bitcoin standard, 
Uh, great book. And anybody who's like curious about this or wants to learn about the history of money, it's really a, a sound money book. It's a great book. I suggest everybody read it. Um, but Saifedean says, miners are degenerate gamblers. And so it kind of makes me laugh a little bit. Um, I would say the ones that are, you know, uh, maybe some of these corporate entities that are actively seeking profit, but I have a different motivation here. You know, I'm heating my house. Um, I'm obtaining non-KYC or KYC-free Bitcoin, which is valuable to me. Um, I'm supporting the network and I'm, I'm helping to decentralize the network, right? Mm -hmm. So I think those are all good things and, you know, that's worth it to me. But it's risky. That's all I'll say is, you know, just know what you're getting into before you do. And I mean, I, I'd be happy to talk to anybody who's who wants to talk numbers or crunch numbers or, or what have you, you know, um, and help anybody try to try to work through it. Well, yeah, no, that's great. Um, shout out real quick. Like if, uh, if someone's interested and want to come look at like a telegram group or, or a Reddit forum where guys meet up and, and work out these issues, where are some places you found uh, support in that? Well, definitely the the Home Mining Wizards te Telegram group. There's a great bunch of guys there, and if you want, I can after the show here, I can send you some links if you want to if you have show notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, that's that's a place that's been very helpful to me, and there's a lot of a lot of good good folks there and Bitcoin people who've been around and miners who've been around for a long time, and so very fortunate that um you know this is my setup is running really mostly because i've got a lot of help from those guys so i'd say that's a good place to start maybe just lurk there and listen in and see what other people are doing a lot of pictures posted there of, you know and there's more than one way to skin a cat here you know you could like i said you could hook up to your um your return line you could you could do it a lot of different ways i mean you could just set one of these things in your basement or something and just heat your basement a little bit. Um, there's a lot of different ways to do it. So um, if somebody wants to send me a DM on Twitter, and my DMs are open and I'm just at Bitcoin, B-I-T-C-K-L-E. Um, what else? Kaboom Racks. Um, if you're looking to buy a machine, I suggest Kaboom Racks. And they, they do a lot of their, their whole marketplaces on Telegram. Um, but they've got a website. It's kaboomracks.com. How do you spell that? Machines. How do you spell it's, that? Kaboomracks. Uh, K-A-B-O-O-M-R-A-C-K-S.com. Okay. Now, Travis, you also said you need a, a 220 hookup, right? Oh, yeah. Good good point. Um, these machines require 220. That's, that's exactly right. So 20 amp breaker and 220 for sure. Now, these older machines, uh, the S9s, that are less efficient if you're looking. So it's been, uh, Kaboom Racks has actually been selling a ton of these old S9s and people just make them into space heaters, you know, kind of mm. like what I did with my little oil burner here. Those machines can run on 110 power, which is kind of interesting. And what some folks have done is put um, a Wi-Fi adapter on it. So it's like a true space heater. All you have to do is just plug it into any old outlet and it works. Now, when you run those on 110, you have to make sure that the wattage is turned down a little bit. You don't want to run them over a thousand watts mm -hmm. um, if you're going to run them on 110, but those can run on 110 or 220, 220, 240, whatever, you're, whatever, you're, whatever you have there. But um, right, and just reiterate again, get some help with the electrical. If you're not sure electricity can burn down your house or mm -hmm. you really light up your life. Mm-hmm. That it can. That it can. Now, another thought out there before we close down. Uh Andrew Tate's in the news because, you know, he's been a bad boy and he ran a uh what do you call it? A ladies of ill repute on camera farm or whatever. Maybe you could figure out how to heat a hot tub and start up two side businesses. Just saying. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there is there is a gal who's got she calls it the the Spa 256 mm -hmm. uh, hot tub machine, and uh, she's got a, an immersion set up, and she's heating a hot tub. There um, there's a guy, I believe, in Minnesota that's heating a swimming pool. You know, I mean, 
every what's maddening to me right now is everywhere I look, I see a place where we could install one of these things. And what's been, I actually asked my boss if I could bring my space heater into the office and just, just cause I'm full disclosure guy, you know, Hey, I want to do this. And it's just like the other 20 space heaters that are in the office. Um, but it does this other thing, you know, and I got rejected just because it, you know, it's just an unknown thing that it's like, I just don't know enough about it. I can't let you do that. And I said, well, how about, how about if I, how about if I donate a dollar a day to our, we have a couple of charities, local charities that we always donate to. I said, every day I plug it in, I'll donate a dollar a day. How about that? And, you know, it's just, ah, I don't, I just don't get it. Right. You know? Yeah. So I think all of this, you know, it's just going to come, it's just going to take time that, you know, if you have, um, if you can, if you have uncensorable, um, uncensorable money, uh, unconfiscatable money, um, Nobody can take it away from you if you know, if you learn about it and learn how it works. Um, that's a special thing. And, you know, not to, not to bash our, our government and all their spending and all that, but. Oh, don't like, do that on this show. This, that would be. Yeah. We don't want you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, like, if you want to defund the government, you know, just let's opt out and let, let's not participate in that system anymore. You know, it's yeah. simple. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't think the government ever saw a project they didn't think they could screw up. So, yeah. And again, you know, it's like you're trying to convince people to end slavery back in the 1700s. You know, it's it's going to take time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I, I think this is cool. I like where your head's at. Uh, looking at different ways you can... Uh, apply this process to you know cheapening other parts of your life you know, or, yeah it's, it's a lot of fun a lot of yeah. fun and I, again i appreciate you guys uh your interest in having me on and it's it's been a lot of fun for me to see all the attention this has got and i think it's just because of how it looks maybe it just looks different or something but it seems to be working it needs some needs some work needs some fine-tuning if I can get the controls right and all that, but, um, but thank you very much. Oh, Hey, I'm going to say it right now that you're, uh, you're, you know, the looks of it, it looks clean. You've got a, what looks like a clean operation down there. I don't know crap about the miners, but I do work in the trades and it looks clean. It looks like you did good work. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone. Um, Remember home mining wizards on telegram, uh, and finding you you're at bitco. B I T C K L E bitco. Bitco. You remember, you remember that movie, uh, taxi driver. I do. Travis, Travis Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. And then if someone put a little twist on that. Yeah. All right, cool. And if someone's interested in, uh, if someone's interested in, you know, looking into buying some of this equipment, it's Kaboom Racks. So K A B O O M R A X. R A C K S. R A C K S. Okay. I've been writing down notes as I go along and I missed one. It'll be in the show notes. Yeah. Please. But we're, we're adding them to the show notes so you can go there and look at it too. But, uh, yeah, everyone, uh, you know, Happy hunting, uh, be safe, you know, buy a 12 pack and invite a Sparky over to look at it. Yeah. All right. Thanks again, man. Sounds good. Take All care. Right. All right. Bye.